The investigation is still on for a military plane crash which killed all 16 Marines on board that ship. Meanwhile, Morning Joe is staying in the mornings and staying with MSNBC, but leaving the Republican Party. And Donald Jr. is saying what he said. He had a meeting with the Russian to talk about Clinton's emails, although he didn't say that the first couple times. He releases the emails to show exactly what went down. And we talk about that and other great stories that we talked about all day yesterday. This is the Daily Recap Podcast for July the 12th, 2017. And welcome to the podcast. My name is Jay Cooking Payne. I'm your host for This Is a Conversation's daily podcast, also the weekly wrap-up podcast that will happen two days from now, three days from now on Saturday. Getting hit of myself for the week last week with the holiday. Got a little weird with days. And of course, coming soon we'll have a Sunday commentary podcast for seven days a week of This Is a Conversation Conversations. In the meantime, let's deal with today. Today happens to be Wednesday, July the 12th, and we're going to talk about the conversations that we had on social media and our website yesterday, which was All Day Tuesday. And you helped us figure out which stories we're talking about today by going to social media and our website and interacting with those stories, telling us which ones were the most interesting ones to deal with and the ones controversial and which ones we needed to kind of back away from. And how did that happen? Well, if you follow us on Twitter or Facebook or the website, you just you just reacted to the stories. It's just that simple. The more stories you react to, the higher they go up on the list. On Twitter, we're TH underscore conversation. Facebook, find us by searching for This is the Conversation and our website, as we've said many times and many times this morning, this is com. Now, let's get into the stories for uh, yesterday, I should say, to make the podcast for today. Starting off with uh, David Brooks, who's a columnist for the New York Times, who wrote a column on class warfare that uh, puzzled many people out there who were trying to figure out how exactly he is qualified to talk about class warfare when the whole column made absolutely no sense. The basic breakdown of the column is that rich white people are basically ruining the chance to have a diverse and larger middle class by putting everything in the favor for themselves and their kids to prosper while allowing or not allowing people of lower middle class or lower class to advance into the higher ranks, essentially not letting the the survival of the fittest, you would say, work itself out where some people would drop down and while others drop up. They just basically prop up themselves, making the middle class a smaller actual band of classes, band of people, and everyone else gets pushed down to the bottom. Now, one of the biggest problems with the column was the pretentiousness of what was in there. In fact, there was a part where he spoke about going to a uh, deli with someone who hadn't gone to college, and they were so freaked out by seeing the words prosciutto and capicola that they decided to go get Mexican food instead, which makes, of course, absolutely no sense. Also, some talk about European football, i.e. soccer and back and forth, that just made pretty much ridiculous banter uh, for the sake of filling up some space in a column, apparently. And the Internet jumped on this one pretty quickly, calling David, um, well, calling him pretty pretentious and stupid and all other words that are a lot, a lot, lot less um, 
nice than than those words. Check it out. Of course, they lived there forever. It's basically on the battle of the middle class or the classes, class warfare itself, and how it's unfair. It's 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 sort of slanted in the favor of folks who are at the top of the class. However, the article essentially ruins the message so that no one's getting what's in the message but just basically jumping on David Brooks. Meanwhile, we go on to uh, Kermit the Frog next, because why not? Kermit the Frog is getting a makeover, make under, make voice over, voice under, however you want to call it. The voice of Kermit the Frog is changing, and it's not because of something like puberty. It's because the man has been doing his voice for a long time, is officially out of the job. That being Steve Whitmore, who took over the job 27 years ago, officially as Kermit's voice, after the death of Jim Henson. He was Kermit's voice for essentially everything going on. Matt Vogel has actually been taking it in some parts. He actually did the voice for the Muppet Show that was on ABC, the comedy half-hour sitcom that was behind the scenes of Miss Piggy's TV nightly talk show. Uh, that was actually done by Matt Vogel. He will officially take over for the role full-time, and his first time it will be heard in the official role will be in the Muppets through Thought of the Week uh, video series that pops up online that of course big news for kermit fans and muppet fans the newer newer newish voice of kermit the frog there was a military plane crash a few days ago in mississippi that they're still trying to kind of solve the piece to get the pieces together solve the puzzle of how it went down why it went down uh 16 dead as the plane crashed down in rural mississippi uh um they're full of Marines. Seven of Marines on the plane were members of a special elite unit, and they were based out of Camp Lejeune. Uh, they were carrying all their weapons and all their uh, ammunition, which is one of the big reasons why the plane crash was such a big deal. It went down, and they couldn't secure the area for a while while the plane was burning because of small ammunition fire, the heat firing off ammunition. And, of course, they're cordoning off the area to keep people from getting in the way of that as well. Nine other Marines killed from Orange County, New York. Uh, they were the crew for the KC-130T aircraft, which is based out of New York. Now, the C-130s are a old aircraft, although this one isn't, isn't necessarily 40 years old, but it's been the workhorse of the military and the Air Force specifically and just many other transport units since the 60s. It uh, can be used to and modified for various different things. It can be used to carry heavy weapons for combat. It can be used to pull troops out of areas. It can be used for refueling, uh, aerial refueling and things like that. So it's a very versatile um plane the c-130 is the essentially of uh, the base model then you add letters and numbers and dashes to make it what you want it to be now right now the transport plane which of course was carrying the 15 marines and one navy corpsman was moving personnel and equipment from north carolina to a western base to train before they're going off for deployment of course the president sent his note of condolences to the loss of the men and we're still trying to figure out what exactly went wrong with the plane going down in mississippi on Tuesday, Donald Trump Jr. has put his foot in his mouth or his email in his Twitter, you would say, uh, by going back and forth on the story of his meeting with the Russian lawyer. Now, initially, it was just kind of a meeting, and then it turned into a meeting dealing with uh, the sanctions levied on the United States or the United States levied on the Russians that turned into the sanctions that kept. Americans from adopting Russian children and then in turn into this lady apparently had some dirt on Hillary Clinton and wanted to give it to me. And that's exactly how it went down. Three different types of stories 
And to kind of mark exactly what happened, Donald Trump Jr. released all his emails, the email chain, we assume they're all the emails, but it's a long chain of emails that went back and forth that eventually pulled in his brother-in-law, Jared Kushner, and uh, Paul Manafort, who was a part of the team uh, for the Trump election uh, committee. Now, all these people showed up for a meeting with a Russian person who apparently supposedly had dirt on Hillary Clinton during the election. She essentially had no dirt, so Trump Jr. thought this meeting was a waste of time and never let this known to his father. His father found out about this essentially as news broke out while he was at the G20 summit last week. Um, and while the back and forth has been going on, we've been hearing plenty of weird things. Donald Trump is, of course, tweeting about this being the greatest witch hunt in political history, this point particular, not the whole thing, just him chasing Donald Jr. And Donald Jr. is defending himself, saying that it turned out to be no big deal. Some people are saying the meeting itself is not illegal, but the fact that he thought he was meeting to get dirt on another campaign, which coming from a foreign entity, which that part makes it illegal, uh, is the key. We'll find out how this thing is going on, but this actually goes into the big bucket of things being looked into by the special prosecutor, Robert Mueller, who was looking over the whole Trump thing at this point, not just a Russian collusion thing, but just the Trump thing is the only way you can describe it at this point. Mitch McConnell is going to delay the start of the U.S. Senate's August recess. Why? Because they have to get some health care stuff done and some other things as well. But it'd be nice if this health care bill that everybody is bitching and complaining about can kind of get settled. So Mitch McConnell says you're not going off for your summer recess just quite yet until we get some things settled. How long recess will be delayed has not been determined, but he basically said straight out, we're not leaving on time until we get a couple things done, at least some of the initial good things, quick things done, and then hopefully get a handle on the Senate wrapping up their side of the health care bill, uh, getting Obamacare repealed and replaced. Repealing is fairly easy. Replacing is the hard thing, and that's what's keeping a lot of people down, and that's what's holding up a lot of things in in the government, period. So McConnell wants to get a hold on that, so he's telling senators to delay their plans for barbecues coming up for the upcoming month because he's going to delay their plans for leaving for the upcoming month. The live-action Aladdin, uh, which Disney is now jumping on the bandwagon of just redoing all their great movies with real people, is having problems because they can't find an actor to play Aladdin. They can't find a single actor who looks like he's Arab to play Aladdin. Not one. Nowhere. Not in India. Not in America. Not in Canada. Not in Mexico. And apparently Jake Gyllenhaal is busy, so he can't jump into this role right here. Now, the Internet, as you would expect, jumped all over this one because it's not like there's not a whole place called Bollywood where there are actors with dark-colored skin who look like Aladdin, who could play Aladdin. The biggest issue is, uh, the as Hollywood likes to cast, in some of these cases, names or faces that they know, the names and faces that they know don't necessarily have the chops to make it work out. Some of the more popular Bollywood actors that they would go for are a little older. They're in their 30s, and they'd like somebody somewhere in their 20s. Some of them are known for more dramatic roles and not necessarily for singing and dancing and doing flips like that. What came about as a weird thing is so many people started dropping names on who could be a part of this. They dropped plenty of younger Bollywood stars. They dropped plenty of younger uh, Indian uh, model-type people. They dropped out the name of a WWE star who was like, dude, I got this. We can do this. Let's rock this thing. He's all, I'm already here. 
So Disney, unfortunately, having problems finding their lead Aladdin, also probably having issues finding their lead for some other the ethnic versions as well. Rumor has it that Will Smith will play the genie, and they're looking for an older type person to play Jafar, uh, but the actual Aladdin still not quite cast yet. Scientists believe that drinking coffee can help extend your life or stave off death, any way you want to put it. And the researchers from the Imperial College London and an international agency for research on cancer, that's the IARC, if you will, analyzed data on the health and coffee drinking habits of more than half a million people in 10 European countries, found that those men who drank at least three cups of coffee a day, 18% less likely to die from any cause than non-coffee drinkers. Women experiencing about an 8% reduction in mortality in the same period. So there you go. Now, of course, more study needs to be done in this one, but uh, it's a good start for people who drink a little too much or a lot too much of the coffee in the thing. Now, there's American scientists who conducted a separate investigation uh, on about 185,000 participants from different ethnic backgrounds in America, finding similar results that is coming along in this report. So three coffees a day, a good thing. Whether less than three or more than three becomes an issue, well, that's more of an issue of digestion and circulation, how well your body actually takes to drinking the dirty bean water. But for the most part, a little bit of caffeine, a little coffee, or a good bit of coffee can help you live a longer life. Joe Scarborough of MSNBC and his Morning Joe program is staying where he is on television. He's staying with his I guess they're married, current wife, Mika Brzezinski, or engaged wife, Mika Brzezinski, and he's um, staying with his band, apparently. What he's not staying with is the Republican Party. The former representative from Georgia, uh, who was a Republican, is no longer sticking with the party, uh, signing up as a true independent so he can, A, be independent of what's going on in Washington, D.C., and A, i.e., Trump in general, and B, kind of be a better journalist, being better on the side, not so much having to uh, tow a party line or defend a party in itself. Uh, he can literally just be an independent. Now, what that really means for anything, who really knows? But uh, what it means for the, the overall, I guess, good of the, the party system is there's one less person who has to actually uh, try to tow a party line or defend what one side does versus another side because he has that affiliation he's wearing that jacket so as he's no longer a republican he will no longer speak for or be forced to speak for republican sides of things in his program in his speeches and whatever uh he's probably not being asked to that very much often anyway number one because of his attacks on trump number two he's been accused for quite some time as being what's referred to as a rhino, as in Republican in name only. Essentially, he's got the R on his jacket because it helps him get some funding, and there's party affiliations with that. But as far as the way he votes, the way he thinks, the way he talks, not exactly living up to the Republican, i.e. conservative values that the party stands for. So he no longer will do that on purpose because he no longer will de uh, declare himself as an actual Republican. And here's one that's a really quick one we need to get in there. There was a, I say was, a startup in India that was an umbrella-sharing startup. You literally borrow an umbrella and put it back when you need one. Just like there's bike-sharing programs and car-sharing programs, they created an umbrella-sharing program, which lost all 300,000 of its umbrellas in one weekend to massive theft, ending the startup for umbrella-sharing. Those are all the stories 
that we got into, or a big chunk of the stories we got into for yesterday. And today we're expecting plenty more going on. Unfortunately, we're expecting plenty more going on in Donald Trump Jr., which will take a few days to work out all the kinks in that one. That's going to be a breaking news story that will be breaking for about a week or so. But that will probably pop in a few times with some updates as well. We also had an update early this morning on that iceberg that is now officially an iceberg. The ice shelf has officially broken off of Antarctica. It is the size of Delaware, and it is um, in the water floating free. We'll have some details on that in the conversations. I'm sure you'll want to talk about that going on in all sorts of things that happens. And, of course, anything else that pops up throughout the day. We never really know until it happens. So make sure you are keeping up with us in your social media, following us on Twitter, TH underscore conversation, following us on Facebook. Look for This is the Conversation and this is conversation.com online. Check out the website for all the great features and check out some of our great sponsors helping us keep all these conversations going, at least keeping the website up, including Cloud9 Living, who has a great deal for you on gift certificates for dream vacation packages. You can buy the excursion of your life, of your dreams, whatever you want to do, and you can go do it by yourself without anyone else because they're too afraid to run with you. They don't want to run with the bulls, then they don't have to go with you. If you want to run the bulls, go by yourself, all means. But you get the package set up through Cloud9 Living and get a gift certificate so you can get it whenever you want to. Check it out by going to thisistheconversation.com slash cloud9, C-L-O-U-D, numeral 9, and check out some other great sponsors there as well. In the meantime, check out my main website, jclevelandpain.net, for more details on other projects I have going on. And for this project and this project and this podcast, I should say, and this project, make sure you are sharing the project, sharing the podcast, sharing the links, talking about things going on, and leaving us ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast from. If you're an Apple person, that's awesome. Leave it on iTunes. If you're an Android person, leave it wherever you get it from, on Stitcher, on Spreaker, on Androids. If you if you use us in a specific sort of podcatcher that doesn't go to a specific place, well, just go to the website and comment on our stuff right there, and so we can get our feedback for us and other people can see how well we're doing. And, of course, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for the ride every single day. We are so glad that you are in the conversations with us, allow us to talk back about the conversations, and give us the feedback that we need to get a little bit better. Hopefully we're getting a little better in some of the story selection and the timing. This day wasn't great, right? so great, but uh, it's a process. We're working on it piece by piece by piece. And thank you so much for suggesting that I make the separate Sunday podcast or make it a separate commentary podcast for something to go into some deeper notions. And Sunday just worked out to make it a Sunday podcast. So we'll do that as well. So I'll say thank you two more times, and we'll get out of here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll be back tomorrow for another podcast and more great shenanigans, I'm sure, inside the Daily Recap podcast from ThisTheConversation.com.